Welcome to the Tradescope Podcast with Rob Hand. Now here's Rob with today's topic. Greetings, everybody, and thank you for selecting the Tradescope Podcast today. I'm really excited and I'm happy that you're here with me on this important topic. I know your time is limited and there's so much out in the podcast universe, so it's extra special that you're taking some of your precious time to listen in. Now, most of you listen to this podcast because you have an interest in trade promotion or analytics, revenue growth management, or retail execution, and you're wanting to further your own domain knowledge around what is clearly a new focus for consumer products companies. So today's subject is a surface scratcher. We are only going to scratch the surface of this mysterious issue of the cost of trade promotion transformation. As the saying goes, if I only had a nickel for every time someone asked me how to estimate the cost of implementing a modern trade and channel promotion management, execution, and analytics support platform, I would have retired long ago. I call this a mysterious issue because it is. There has yet to be any sort of industry standard or even a range of costs because of so many variables. Most consumer products companies, at least in the fast-moving consumer goods segment of the industry, have similar and generally accepted business practices that they go through for trade promotion management and execution, or what we like to now call TPX. Each company derives a budget and funds trade promotion from it. Each company has sales organization and account managers that are responsible for not only creating their forecasts, but configuring sales plans that drive the retailer to want to buy the volume of product at the net price that will generate both the desired revenues and profitability. Most every company will sweeten the pot and ostensibly support promotion of the products in the stores by offering more money in the form of a lump sum fund for tactical activities that will hopefully drive the consumer to seek out the products, put them in their shopping carts, and buy them. Virtually all companies have a process that will enable compliance verification and settlement in the form of payable or deduction transactions back to the reseller. And of course, all companies have an array of different systems and tools that help them analyze the performance of all of these promotions against the forecast and the projected sales through the channels. Now, the process and the methods vary somewhat as you move into different industry segments like fashion or consumer electronics, automotive, hardware DIY, and so on. But beyond this high-level classification of business process, the distinctions and variances can be significant. So much so, in fact, that by the time the new technology solution is implemented, the end-stage functionality can be, and often has, drastically altered. In my experience, I've seen this happen in almost every single TPX implementation that I have been involved in. And that's not an exaggeration. In my opinion, there are two primary reasons why this happens. First, there really is significant differences in the way consumer products companies operate, even across these basic business process configurations. Product hierarchies, sales and account hierarchies, rules, policies, procedures, and metrics vary from one company to the next, and even within the company's multiple organizations. Getting everyone to agree on one universal anything is akin to herding cats, and just about as successful. A second... Trade promotion vendors often have what amounts to a minimum viable product or a simplified but functionally flexible architecture that they hope will be malleable enough to accommodate these corporate process and policy variances. 
But alas, it never fails. Invariably, there is a demand that will alter the fixed programming of the technology and require customization. Some of the larger vendors have the advantage of longevity on their side that drives higher number of references and testimonials. However, it can also be a disadvantage in that the software is more difficult to change, whether that is due to internal bureaucracy slowing things down or more complex process and steps that have to be taken to get the software's core changed to enable the unique request to be delivered. Also, larger software vendors, internal development, and consulting teams are going to cost more than a third-party systems integration consulting partner in most cases, and especially if they're doing work offshore. Now look, this is an extremely sensitive topic. I get that. The non-disclosure agreements signed between the consumer products companies and their TPX vendors and implementation partners are ironclad. No vendor will dare give any sort of ballpark estimate in advance because of the variances and the unknowns. They would be simply tying their hands financially and risking huge liabilities. The consumer products companies consider this a major cost of doing business and buries the total cost deep within the corporate financials. Many of us who have been working on these projects know the costs, but of course we are all zippered up by NDAs and, therefore, can only use our knowledge and experience to help when the time comes to estimate a formal proposal of costs. And the consumer products client expects that costs be based on reasonable and trusted experiences doing the same thing in many past projects, right? And until the formal estimate is delivered, nobody has a clue. I know, I have seen the look on the steering committee's faces when they began receiving the proposals. It's the same look and the same question every time. Why is this so expensive? As the lead consultant during the requirements gathering phase before the formal RFP is created and distributed, it is difficult to project a cost. Even though I will always warn of the sticker shock they're likely to have when that estimate comes in. Depending on the vendor, I can almost peg the range of costs, but again, I can only speculate and that is a dangerous route to take with any consumer products company client. Not knowing what to expect for full TPX implementation project has been very frustrating for everyone involved. A couple of years ago, I was having coffee with the CFO of one of my CPG clients engaged in an RFP requirements gathering project, and we talked about the issue of cost for major TPX initiative. He was formerly with two major CPG brands and was involved in previous TPX implementation projects, so this guy was no novice. In both of his previous projects, the initial estimate of costs were so out of sync with the final cost that he wondered why bother at all with the initial estimate. The vendors involved and the implementation partners were both excellent companies, and he didn't blame them at all. Rather, he laid fall at the feet of his own people who couldn't agree on anything. There were so many customizations required, not so much because of the lack of application functionality, but instead were because of the variations in how each organization involved wanted the data, how they planned, assigned metrics, enforced multiple hierarchical splits among the account base, geographies, and even products. So he was a little gun-shy now and vowed that he would not face that same predicament again this time. But think about it. Even though I see this type of internal confusion and infighting creating havoc with the requirements, this is not the only major reason why these TPX implementation projects are so doggone high. And if I'm honest, I must say that the vendors are not totally blameless either. The zeal to win a deal is often a major cause for less than adequate time and attention to the discovery of underlying operational, 
data, and functionality issues that arise during the implementation. The domain knowledge, expertise, and understanding of the realities of trade and channel promotion are often limited among pre-sales teams charged with the responsibility to identify operational requirements and align the functional capabilities of the application to meet them. Results can be devastating to both the vendor and the consumer products company that awarded them the TPX implementation project. Also, certainly fault can lay with the actual team charged with the work required to carry out the implementation as well. These are generally third-party systems integration and consulting partners, or perhaps even an internal consulting arm of the vendor itself. These days, most TPX implementations will be done by one of the major consulting firms, but there are vendors that do have global services organizations capable of enterprise development and installation, especially the larger global software firms like SAP, Oracle, Salesforce, and IBM, for example. The advantage they have is that they know the software and most likely have actual and intimate functionality development expertise. The downside is that they are often more expensive than the offshore systems integration and consulting firms. But the knock on these offshore consulting companies as an external resource for implementation is that while they have large trained workforces they can call on to staff and support a project, the turnover is often higher, especially among the truly gifted and experienced people on the team. That loss of knowledge and expertise can create delays that cause errors and result in missing key milestones on the timeline, especially if it means moving the go-live dates further out. Okay, so I've told you why and how there can be foundational cost issues, but it gets even more complicated once you begin dissecting the specifics behind the high price tags and lengthy timelines. And this is where the frustration really sets in among the corporate executives, steering committees, and stakeholders assigned to oversee a major modern TPX implementation project. There is no source of trustworthy and accurate data to help them know what price and timeline should be. Not really. Many of the large consulting companies will have this domain knowledge, and they will counsel their clients as well as to what can be expected. But unless they are only engaged in the front-end requirements gathering and not part of the subsequent or ongoing TPX implementation projects, many of the executives and steering committee members may feel that unbiased and objective advice may be sacrificed. Now, those of us who do have this type of hard domain expertise, being able to provide advice and counsel in advance to consumer products manufacturers and suppliers who are about to engage in major TPX transformation initiatives, really can't have the hard data to accurately relate corporate requirements to potential specific cost elements, not without a lot of upfront work, discovery, and workshops to understand what's going on. For example, we may expect that the uniqueness of a particular company's settlement or deduction management requirements is going to deviate from the base operational functionality and workflow of a TPX solution. But we really have little in the way of hard data that we can show to the team for them to configure a reasonable budget. Most consultants can ballpark, to be sure, but again, going into that high-dollar project with a ballpark estimate may be too scary for even the most adventurous CFO. And think about those other potentials for deviations in the ways of working I talked about earlier in the episode. The question you have to ask is why there isn't better data. 
the kind of data that comes from actual implementations so that people can at least get an idea that's better than a ballpark estimate of the impact of all elements of a major TPX implementation on cost. Other major software application areas have long-standing examples of issues, problems, and alternative courses of action and specific effect on cost each has. Mature enterprise solutions like supply chain management, HR, ERP, CRM, transportation and warehousing, and so forth, all of these have been around so long that there are volumes of data and detailed scenarios of all kind that can be drawn from to configure costs, or at least get closer than a ballpark. But in trade promotion management, optimization, and execution, not happening. The emerging category of enterprise software is too immature. The combination of revenue growth management initiatives that prioritize the need to modernize TPX and the rapid growth of the viable vendor solutions that are out there is just too recent, isn't it? Five years ago, at the request of some of my clients, I conducted a very deep evaluation of the TPX software platforms and solutions actively selling into the consumer products industry space at the time. Having the direct TPX development and integration experience I had, the evaluation was much deeper and broader than some of the analysts and trade organization reviews. But that's what my clients wanted. They wanted to know, tell us, what platforms are likely to accommodate the highest number of requirements we have? The vendors were all very willing to share, and the purpose was to leverage that information internally here at HPM and base our evaluations with the client's trade promotion management, execution, and analytics requirements. The specific data we collected were never shared with our client CPG companies or, of course, other vendors, so we were able to protect the confidentiality of each of the vendor reviews. And I have to say, I was very impressed with the technology and functionality of the array of TPX vendor solutions we reviewed. That review and analysis gave me the idea that I would do something similar with TPX implementation data. When I began doing research for my book in 2020, I planned to add a section on the cost of trade promotion implementations. We set about contacting consumer products companies across all sectors of the industry, which have had recent major TPX implementation projects. Our purpose was to gain as much detail as we could about every aspect of the start-to-finish scope of the implementation. Now, our pledge to these companies was, of course, total discretion and confidentiality, secured through rigorous non-disclosure statements and specific treatments of data and analyses. Our objective was clear, get as much data as we could, and then analyze it as to what constituted the cost for every activity executed during the project. Now, what our hope was, was to build a range of costs, so to speak, for standard functionality, deviations causing customizations, and of course, testing, integration, and development right through to the go-live date. Well, the book began to take on a sort of war and peace length, and any of you who know my writing will totally know that could happen. But we ultimately decided to leave that chapter out and use the data for something later. Okay, so now is later. Our thinking was that we could assemble this information into a series of cost and time basis from which a future TPX implementation initiative could be measured and therefore provide realistic, precise, and trusted, hopefully, benchmarks for the executives and steering teams to use. Now, that's a really big stretch goal, right? And of course, many of the companies we contacted told us no, but 25 said yes. And the size and categories of these companies are truly impressive. And here's what I mean. In consumer packaged goods, we had five North American, three European, 
two Latin American and three Asia Pacific companies. In the consumer durable space, we had three North America, two European, and two Asia Pacific companies. In fashion, we had two North America and three European companies. Of the 25 companies, the breakdown in size of revenues varied as follows. For the companies greater than 15 billion, we had six. We had nine companies between 10 and 15 billion in revenue. We had six companies between 5 and 10 billion, and we had four companies less than 5 billion. I think that's a great cross section. I can't tell you the names, but most of these companies sell products you currently have in your homes right now, I'd venture. These companies all implemented modern TPX software between 2014 and 2019. There were actually nine different TPX vendors involved in these projects, including on-premise software as a service and cloud-based platforms. So we had a really good cross-section of solutions represented. Now, the level of detail provided was way better than we hoped. We were able to look at highly detailed spreadsheets of estimated versus actual costs broken down by individual action and project events. Most had some rather sophisticated project charts with the timelines detailed as to start, finish, and plenty of notes that helped us solidify our analyses and create legitimate ranges and illuminate outliers such that we could actually evaluate what happened and why in the wide variations of the way the software was managed. All of this information enabled us to build a series of tables and benchmarks against which we could measure detailed RFPs to help stratify and pinpoint expected costs of the individual requirements, functionality, workflow, process, re-engineering, and of course, the cost of gap closing and customization. During the course of 2021, we tested our data against three major TPX implementations, only one of which has actually completed and gone live as of this broadcast date. In all three cases, including the project still underway, the prioritization of cost within the customizations could be more effectively managed and assigned. The decisions to make changes that would have generated higher costs and extended the time were more easily made with higher agreement within the internal teams, saving a lot of communication and, quite frankly, reducing political strife as well. The data benchmarked timelines that enabled the vendor and the integration team to set reasonable and agreeable schedules. And if you've ever been on a highly intensive project like this, you can imagine how much better the relationships and working environments were across all team members. The finance organization loved these numbers because they could feel confident that they were not going to be returning to the well every month asking for more money. In fact, of the two projects, both had far fewer occasions where additional funding was required over and above the estimated reserves in the budget. Now think about having information like the top customization issues in terms of cost and time how the licenses and subscriptions vary, and what is the best way to avoid high customization costs, how to reasonably budget the entire project based on realistic examples of other companies like yours, what is a realistic expectation of cost and time over the initial estimates, what is the difference between on-premise and software-as-a-service implementation costs, what is the best time frame for the build sprints, how many build sprints do we need, and how do we determine that, what should I expect in terms of cost of implementation across various types of functionality and process support? How much should testing cost? How many people should I have on the project? How long is it going to take me to do change management? Get it? 
These are all great questions that people would love to be able to get answers to up front before they commit the amazing amount of money and time to a project like this. These are questions most of us in the TPX consulting arena have been asked by our clients, and because of the increase in priority and focus for TPX transformation, having this intelligence is an important distinction and advantage in preparation for one of the most critical initiatives any consumer products company can undertake, trade promotion transformation. When you think about the poor ROI record trade promotion spending has and its place as the second largest line item in the corporate financials after cost of goods, the value proposition and ROI for a wholesale transformation of the TPX technology and business process becomes critical intelligence to have before executing the project. And that's why you are seeing so many projects now and why the pressure is on to have tight budgets and timelines. That said, don't you want to have a better idea of what that cost expectation is? Because of the research we did enables us to share some of the summarized data we gained, we will be doing that over the next few months in future blogs and podcasts. Watch our website, www.handpromotion.com, closely for this information. If you are currently a consumer products company talking about and or planning a full-scale modern TPX transformation, we should talk. You need this information. This is the kind of knowledge that you would want far enough in advance of an implementation initiative, even before you begin calling in vendors and consulting partners. If you want to schedule a call, email me at info at handpromotion.com, and I will be glad to follow up with you personally to deliver a white paper on the topic and schedule a follow-up presentation to you and your team. The Boy Scouts have a motto, be prepared. That's really good advice. And that's my two cents on this. You know, as I close today, I have to say I am thankful that we are emerging from this awful pandemic and we are slowly returning to normal, or at least what normal is now. Saying that, we're coming into a season of industry trade events and conferences. I want to urge you to check out these events and go. The networking and domain knowledge you get is priceless. So make the scene in person if that's an option. So that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening in. And don't forget to check out my other TradeScope podcasts wherever you get your podcasts currently. And especially look for my blogs and white papers as well. They're all out there on our website, www.handpromotion.com. As always, thanks for the wonderful comments. And if you have any questions, email me at info at handpromotion.com. I will get back with you personally right away. For TradeScope Podcasts, This is Rob Hand saying be strong, be safe, and be happy.